Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your facilitator, Mark Shaw. And I say that because I have CJ McMurray from Iowa and his twin brother, Jim Quigley from North Carolina. Twins, twin brother. Can you see the resemblance? No, no. Not identical twins, not at all. Not even fraternal Um, twins. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Jim. I stirred up a hornet's nest already. I've got a very few words. So, uh, well, uh, great to have you guys on. I I do see myself as a facilitator trying to facilitate this because you guys are the hosts. You guys are the are the are the hosts with the most. So I'm. I'm facilitating and hopefully not a fight. Hopefully I'm not a referee and I'm doing this, you know, keeping you guys separated. Um, well, there's a few miles between us. So we should be all right. Yeah. 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 That's the best kind of refereeing job when people are separated. By <laughs> no, it's good to have you guys on. Yeah. You guys are like twin brothers to me. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> yeah. You guys are, are similar in some ways, but very different. And uh, our viewers and listeners will find that out. I want to start with Psalm 34. And here I am being silly. And, and uh, I'm going to read a, a verse, verse 18. that's just really been on my heart. Uh, and it says this, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And I, and I think about what we do and, you know, we talk about current events and we interview people and we you know, discuss all kinds of topics here. But I want to make sure people understand that uh, we really have tender hearts and we're compassionate to the addicted, to their family members, to uh, people struggling in all kinds of issues. And I know that about you guys. We get on here and we we laugh and we have a good time and we and we enjoy this. But um I want people to know that you guys have big hearts and that you're helping tons of people and, and that our Lord is near to the brokenhearted. What a, what a verse. When you hear that CJ, what do you think? I think I, I need to, I mean, that's just, I, I, I'm overwhelmed by it. And I know that I need to, that's something I need to constantly remember is that he is near to the brokenhearted and I need to, remain brokenhearted and remain, and I have to continue to grow in humility and die to my pride that still rears its ugly head from time to time. And I just have to remember uh, where God found me. You know, he found me in a broken, just a train wreck of a man in April of 2004. And the fact that I get to do uh, the things that I do today is only by his mercy and his grace. And uh, yeah, I mean, and that's, that's why I do what I do just like Jim and a lot of, I mean, just sometimes even when we do these podcasts and when we get to go share at different churches and share the the message of hope that we have with other people, I'm, I'm just, I think what in the world, I'm the most unqualified guy there is to be able to do this. But uh, yeah, all of us can say that, but I think of, that, that, you know, God takes the, the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And I'm thankful to be a recipient of that kind of grace and 
no matter where we're where we're at and what we're doing, I hopefully hopefully we can say that 20 years from now, if we're still around, uh, and hopefully we're still helping people in one way or form or fashion, because he didn't save us just to take us. He, now the thief on the cross, the one thief on the cross, he saved him and he went straight to heaven. But the rest of us are going to hang around a little while, and he's using us for his glory and our good and the good of other people and. So I just, I'm super encouraged by that verse and I'm convicted and reminded that I need to, you know, stay low before the Lord and just let him allow him to have his way in my life still today. And I'm still growing. I'm still, I'm still a mess in many different ways. Just ask my wife and kids, they'll tell you. Well, and, and I would encourage those that are listening, uh, research this in your Bible. Psalm 34 has to do with David and his, how he changed his behavior before Abimelech and uh, that whole situation. But I love the last verse of this Psalm. Verse 22 Mm. says, the Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. The passage you started off with, I already forgot the address, but, um, but Psalm 34. So 34, 18, 34, 18. So I'll, I'll probably forget it again. Um, but it reminded me of, uh, my devotion this morning, um, where it's, a uh, first Corinthians three, where, where Paul is, 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 is addressing division. Um, well, it's actually, I think, I think CJ's comment on, you know, the daily work and, you know, uh, God is near, uh, to the, uh, lowly hearted. Um, you know, I related to exactly what you're saying to the daily work. You know, um, it can get super frustrating. Um, we've been on kind of high frustration in the last week or so. And, uh, you know, doesn't seem like anybody's listening to you. It doesn't seem like anybody's doing what, they, what they're supposed to be doing. It doesn't seem like they're getting um, any results. You know, um, that elusive term in the, uh, in the world of addressing addiction, your success rates are dismal. You know, and I just reminded what Paul reminds uh, the, the the people that are quarreling over the fact that some follow Paul, some follow Apollos. He's like, hey, look, you know, he's like, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the growth, right? So it's not who plants uh, or waters, um, uh, but God who gives the growth, you know, and I have to remember that all the time. Because if you're not seeing growth, right, a lot of times you start going. And I'm not saying it's inappropriate to kind of check yourself. But um, when you're checking yourself, is it that you're counting on yourself? Are you putting confidence in you and your tactics and your and whatnot? Or or is the problem you're not really counting in the Lord and trusting in him, you know, in what it is you're doing? And that's really can be really a hard line to walk in this type of work. You know, I mean, you get half the time, well-meaning people are constantly stroking your own ego, telling you how this ministry would just die if it wasn't for you, you know, and you're such a special person because you do this type of work and, you know, and it's like, well, I understand what they're saying there, but I mean, I can't let that get into my head is, is, the moment I think that, that, you know, addicts uh, won't get 
uh, help or sinners, you know, won't get help um, with their sin here um, in the high country without Jim Quigley is when I'm in some pretty good trouble, you know. So in my frustrations, that verse that you did, the, the Psalms passage, you know, I need to take my frustrations and he and understand he is there in all of them. And uh, so that was a good reminder to start off the podcast because, you know, it's a it's a tricky thing being in intense type of ministry like this. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you get your focus off on who is who is responsible for the growth, um, you can get double in double trouble real quick. You know, amen. So, amen. Yeah. He's he's the one doing the work, that's for sure. And yeah. and, he, and a lot of times he's working even when it even when we don't think he is. Oh sure. He, he's working even in the midst of where it looks like there's no growth. It's just mm-hmm. not the kind of it's not the kind of work we like we like yeah. to see. <laughs> we want everybody to you know to do well, but that's just not that's not reality. And I think that that's yeah. good. Well, it's even funny that you know I noticed you use thirty four eighteen mark, but and then you ended up going to 22. But even if you read in between that in 19 through 21, it says many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. So that was in between. And then the Lord redeems the life of the servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. So God's got it. He's got it every day, no matter whether it whether it looks like from our perspective a good day or a bad day. God is sovereign. He's in control, and we can trust Him. And we just got to continue to get low before Him and let Him let Him run. He's running the show anyway. We need to remember that. We just the fact that we get to be His servants and be on His team is mind blowing and unbelievable. What a privilege! What a privilege! Yes. Well, very good. Well, let me facilitate now, and we'll turn our attention to a current event in our Redeeming the Times segment, or CJ, what we sometimes call it. What's happening? There we go. <laughs> hey, hey, can I make a suggestion? Yes. Um, I pulled up. I think it'd be interesting before we get into that current event from Oregon um, that we kind of do a follow-up, because this is really blowing me away. Um, this, uh, we had a question, Josh Brunk's, uh, mother herself, uh, um, his self, uh, asked a question about chemical imbalance theory that I had mentioned last. And it's just so interesting what we found, uh, addressing, can, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Yeah. We can go there. The, um, now is this a fact check or what, what are we doing here? What do we call yeah, this? It's kind of like a fact check for anybody that's, for anybody that's, uh, watching, uh, or listening to our podcast so so this is this is from psychiatric times and this is called this is from august of 19 debunking the two chemical imbalance myths again and we'll hopefully maybe uh we can get uh one of our producers of the show to link this article um it's in the comment section of our last video but it's just interesting uh uh, uh, Josh Bronk's mother asked if she could get one of us to send her an article linking uh, 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 to my statement when I said they don't even teach chemical imbalance theory anymore. 
and uh, and I say I, I talk to people all the time that assume that it's still a valid theory, right? Mm. And she was surprised to hear this. She was surprised to hear this, which is is what generally everybody that I tell that to is very surprised. So we went to look for, I had just learned this from my professors in school. And I take those guys for their word, you know, that they wouldn't be teaching uh, at RTS, you know, saying that they don't teach this theory anymore in higher education if there wasn't some validity to it. But but Mark Mark went to go find uh, an article that explains this, and guess what he finds? Not that they stopped teaching it, but an article saying they never did in the first place, and they're offended. This is literally sharing my screen. The theory never was scientifically speaking. There never was a network of validated hypothesis capable of sustaining a full blown chemical and global chemical imbalance theory of mental illness. So, I mean, this thing goes into how this guy is actually offended that people claim that they ever taught chemical imbalance theory. That's how bad, when I said it was ridiculous, this is how ridiculous it is. Because everybody alive today that's ever heard chemical imbalance theory assumes that came from the world of psychiatry. And they, they assumed it was a valid thing that everybody worked on to prescribe medication. And what do you know? <laughs> they don't even want to claim that they ever taught it. So int very interesting um, to find that, uh, to find this article. And, and again, uh, I hopefully will, for any, anybody curious wants to read it, uh, we'll put the link in there so that, um, so that others can, uh, can, can read it themselves. Wow. Yeah, debunking the myths. Uh, yeah. I like when you when you share your screen, Jim. That's always fun. That is. I wish I was that high tech. Well, they teach, they teach that to you down in North Carolina in the hills. Is that what happens? They do. This is something specific to Appalachia. So. Okay, I need I, I need to come down there for this train. Look at this. Look at this. Watch this. Watch. Boom. Did it again. So. <laughs> So here's our current chemical event, uh, our chemical event, uh, our current <laughs> event from from uh, from Oregon. Well, we have friends in Oregon. I, I actually spoke to Ike today in Oregon. You guys know he, who I'm talking about? He works over with Oliver at, at Damascus House. I don't think I know Ike. Yeah, Ike. They're, um, I can't remember their program. Ah, no, it's Damascus it. House. He works with Oliver. <clears throat> Oh, Ike does. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, he's Ike. going through. He's going through CABC uh, training with uh, me and Mike Janeskis. So, um, oh, okay, yeah, hmm. he's with the A team. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's got the good guys. Yeah, the um, the process of CABC, for those that don't know, we uh, we have the privilege. I'm doing one right now. Just finished one up a week or two ago, and uh, I love I love doing those. There there are so much so much fun, and uh, we walk people through the biblical counseling uh, training process. And uh, Jim and Mike are doing that with Ike, 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 baby. Yeah. Mike, I got my, I have it on my schedule. I have a Mike and Ike uh, meeting uh, That's every, great. every Wednesday. 
Yes, I don't. Is. I don't know what I like better, Mike and Ike, or Ike, Ike, baby. <laughs> Ike, Ike, baby. Hey, so let's get to our current event. We 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 read this article that you shared with us over the last uh, during the week between shows. Uh, yes. Oregon botched drug treatment plan tied to decriminalization. So, who wants to start in on here talking about it? I think Mark should start. Yeah. Well, <laughs> somehow I got facilitated out. I don't know. I got hijacked. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I was looking up that program in uh, in Salem, Oregon. Brock Patterson is there, and I can't. Uh, the name of the program that I was thinking about is well, where is it? UGM. I, I anyway. I I don't know. Oh, we'll edit that out. Maybe. Maybe not. The uh, the the current uh, the Union Gospel Mission I think helps them that that's what they are Union Gospel Gospel Mission with Brock Patterson, Patterson and those guys. All right, this article in Oregon and and I would love to get Brock on here and have him talk about it, but uh, it's Oregon botched drug treatment plan tied to decriminalization and the the point here and and you can scroll down a little bit if you want. There, Jim, but the uh, the article is talking about how Oregon is the first state in our union to uh, decriminalize drugs. So if you have an amount of drugs on your person, as long as you don't have a lot, like you're not dealing, you're just using for personal, you know, personal gain or loss, <laughs> however you want to look at that. I look at it as a loss. Um, you would, and you could have heroin, you could have cocaine, you could have methamphetamine, you could have other drugs on your person. Uh, they passed ballot measure 110. And this was in 2020 to decriminalize possession of personal amounts of, of those drugs. So if you had that amount on you, you received a citation, kind of like a traffic ticket mm -hmm. with a maximum hundred dollar fine. So CJ gets caught with cocaine. He's given a ticket. He has to pay a hundred dollar fine, or he can, they can waive the fine. If CJ calls the hotline for a health assessment. So I guess the, the thought is CJ will not want to pay the hundred dollars. He'd rather call this hotline and get help. And, um, and then, so, there have been some problems with this. I'm not sure I fully understand all that's going on with the problems and all that. Um, by, by what I'm reading, and you guys help me here, um, I don't think this is working very well. And then in the article, the, the killer line, in, and we'll put a link in this uh, so people can read this article themselves, but in the sixth paragraph down, it says, so it's an experiment. I think we'll know more in a few years. So, so they're fully admitting the experimentation of their treatment ideas and their de decriminalization attempts and all that. So I'd love to get you guys, your thoughts on this. Sure. Um, that was the one that when you shared this with me, that I, I copied this on so I can highlight it. But this is, you know, um, um, it's, uh, yeah, Alan, uh, who works for Oregon Health Authority, says the service array, the types of services that are included, the approach, the harm reduction, et cetera, are all designed by people who 
who have experienced this and have, I think, I think some really interesting good ideas about what these services, service systems ought to look like, he said. So it's an experiment. I think we'll know more in a few years. So this experiment comes, if you just look at this next pair, two paragraphs down, there, yeah. they okay. say, director, you've mentioned a couple of times that you're waiting to see, and yet we have overdose, overdoses increasing in drastic rates in my community, a 700% increase in overdoses and 120% increase in deaths, Morgan told Allen. How long do we wait before we have an impact um, that we're saving lives? So Oof. this is literally where they've gone with if you if you see hidden in his in his um, in his uh, a comment here. And look, myself, CJ, uh, you know, we come from a substance abuse background, right? I used substances for a long time. So. Um, the people that are that are helping design these are people that have uh, uh, experienced this, and um, they have really good ideas. That that's who the people that they're getting this this stuff from. And I've already we've already talked about some of the really good ideas, like to make um, normalized drug use, right? Um, which is what they're doing here with the dec decriminalization of it, and those signs like we've posted before that are. Um, in the New York subways and in San Francisco billboards where it says it has people all dressed up in, in uh, you know, like regular clothes ready to go out on the town. And it says, hey, if you're using tonight, um, make sure you take turns so that if, you know, one person overdoses, you're there to, to you know, make sure that you start off with little and, and increase gradually, Right. Make sure you you test your drugs with the free fentanyl test strips before injecting them. There's even one sign that says, "Why don't we try smoking them tonight instead of injecting them? Why don't we try that tonight?" You know, um, this is the good ideas that these people are coming up with, and so you have literally people that are trying to 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 create policy that are saying, "Hey, you know what? We're going to experiment with this for a little while." And you have people saying, well, we've had a 7%, 700% increase in um, overdoses and 120% increase in deaths. So, like, how long is this experiment going to last? And they're like, well, I guess time will tell. I mean, that's what it says at the end of the paragraph, time will tell. And I want to also want to highlight what's really interesting. Guess what's paying for all of this? The, mar the legal marijuana industry in, uh, in Oregon. All these funds are coming from the legal marijuana industry in Oregon, Oregon that they've they that they have is going into to um, uh, to fund all of these great ideas or good ideas. Well, I got to be fair; they think they have some really interesting good ideas. Okay, so we're just going to have to see as we experiment, um, and uh, they don't really get into it very much. But they they mention that they have a problem. Um, and this is going to be opinion in my case. Okay. They have an, they have a problem allocating. So they have the funds and they're trying to allocate the funds, but they, they don't have enough data and they don't have enough, I guess, accountability to where they can easily allocate those funds. Cause guess why <laughs> your, 
you're 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 arresting a, a someone with a drug problem. You're saying, hey, look, I'll give you a ticket or call this number. Just like Mark said, of course they're gonna call the number, and then that's the last time you're gonna ever hear from them. They'll give their name. They'll say, okay, because what is their motive? What is the motivation of their heart? They want to not get the ticket and they want to go back to using drugs. Right. So the reason, and this is not in the article, but the reason why they're having a problem allocating the funds is probably because they don't ever hear from the person after they make the first phone call. And they're like, well, you know, nobody's following up. And, you know, this is, again, the if I'm right about that, which I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um, uh, this is the problem, again, with the fundamental uh, philosophy of this type of stuff is that they believe People are inherently good, and if given the right influences around them, they will self-correct. And this is going to continue to get disproven and disproven and disproven until uh, you know the overdose rates have tripled and quadrupled. Because really, the people just don't want to incur a consequence, the $100 fine. They, they don't want a consequence, and they want to go back to using drugs. That's all, unless they're going to unless they're going to help th give them money to go use more drugs, which is probably what they're going to do next. They're probably going to give safe doses out on street corners, right? That'll probably what comes next, safe dosing. Um, and um, they're going to probably have government. Okay. I'm getting crazy now. Um, but uh, you're giving you know, them ideas, Jim, don't give them any more ideas. They already have enough bad ideas. Hey, five years ago, people thought it people probably thought it was crazy that our government would take federal government, this, okay, the federal, this is a state government. People would have probably thought a few years ago that it would be crazy that the federal government would take U.S. tax dollar money and pay a glass company to make crack pipes and meth pipes. But that's exactly what they did this year. That's exactly what they did. And they, 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 they mailed them out to the whole country. So, I mean, you can go look at that online. They tried to debunk it. They've tried to, Mark's, Mark's written about it. He's, he's highlighted it. They're safe smoking kits, right? Is what it's called, Mark. Safe smoking kits. Safe smoking kits. And we paid for that with tax dollars, U.S. tax dollars, because this was one of those uh, interesting, good ideas that they came up with. So yeah. I don't think we're very far from them actually divvying up their own bags and and dosing them out to people, saying this is safe dosing. Yeah, I better stop. Safe dosing, CJ. What you got? I wonder, you know, I just couldn't help but wonder as you, as you, I wonder how many people have moved out to Oregon since this happened. <laughs> I mean, out, really, out of Oregon or out to Oregon? Out, well, you you, you get a little bit of both. Yeah. No, I, anecdotally, I know a lot of people that have children that have moved out there because they wanted to go work in the marijuana industry and be able to use drugs freely. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, Mark, to your point, I think there probably are some people that are like, I'm out. I don't want to be here anymore. But there are some people that move there just in the same way. We saw this a few years ago. I think it was Colorado was one of the first states. Was it the first state with the marijuana thing? I don't want to backtrack too much, but I think Colorado was right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Colorado. Remember when everybody was moving out to Colorado? Yeah. A whole bunch of people because they wanted to smoke pot, you know, legally. And so I just kind of wonder how many people have, it'd be interesting to kind of look and see how many criminal people that want to use drugs and, and not have to pay the consequences have moved out there. So 
in some ways, it'll be really interesting. And I've already heard some people that live in Oregon that have said they've already seen a decline in just uh, their cities. And, and I think you'll, you'll continue to see this, just like, I mean, in San Francisco, California, when they've started handing out needles, clean needles yeah. to people, I mean, it, it just, it wrecks communities. It just brings more and more, it's just, it fuels well, the depravity. Of it it does. And it, it's, be, it's because, you know, we're all looking at the same evidence and their foundational beliefs are what Jim, you know, alluded to. People are good. They're going to self-correct. They want good. They're going to do good things. People are good, 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 good. And what we know is people are uh, born with a sinful nature for self and they're not going to self-correct and they need help and they need discipline. And when you take away, you give somebody a hundred dollar fine that they can waive once you make a phone call. I mean, I'm in. I would have took that. Yeah. I mean, and, and you make the phone call and you make up something and yeah, I want some help and yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, my mom's call. I got to go. And, and then you're off and you're, is this waived? Is this hundred dollar thing waived? Okay, great. My fees waived. Thank you. All right. I'll, I'll call you back later when I need you, you yeah. know? And, and, and so fundamentally there's just, um, they're just thinking about it. They're looking at the same evidence we are. But I really appreciate these leaders saying, you know, when the voters of Oregon passed Measure 110, I'm reading the article, we did so because it was a change of policy in Oregon to improve the lives of people and, and our communities. And in the years since, we haven't seen that play out. In other words, it's not working. Right. And, the, and then they said the problem with drug addiction is getting worse. It even says in the article, 16,000 Oregonians have access services through Measure 110 funding. Now, what does access services mean? Does that mean the phone call and then you hang up? Or does that mean they're really getting help? 16,000 people um, have supposedly accessed services. I don't know what they mean by access services. Sounds like they've gotten help. and um, But even that help is secular. It's it doesn't work. I mean, you know, and, and they have $265 million set aside for this. They've already spent $40 million in funds that have been dispersed. Um, it, you know, money is not going to fix this problem. Wrong treatment modalities are not going to fix this problem. And so, you know, we started out talking about God is near the brokenhearted. Um, I, and I love that. And I think that consequences make you more brokenhearted. You're starting to wake up to what you're doing. Not always and not in all cases, but certainly when you remove a consequence from somebody and you lessen the weight of, of what they're doing, uh, it, you know, and, and it's no longer illegal. You can have cocaine, heroin, meth on you um, and not get in trouble for it. Or if you do, you just make a, a phone call to get out of the $100 ticket. I mean, if you're lessening that, then people are not going to be uh, burdened and brokenhearted and just in a natural sense. Of course, we know God's meaning that too in, in, in the sense of salvation, the brokenhearted who really see their sin and their mm -hmm. need for a savior. Yeah, and just want to say that, you know, the $265 million, uh, we 
me and CJ in our programs, we don't uh, qualify for one of those dollars because we tell people Christ is the answer to their problems. Amen. That Because we say that, we don't qualify for one of those dollars. Yeah. Right. Well, I found it interesting a little bit. Uh, I don't know what. One of those paragraphs towards the end, I think there was, um, it was a little bit above where it says, William said, I feel these challenges can be overcome and corrected with deliberate, intentional, focused effort and courageous, solution-oriented conversations. We have a solution. Mm-hmm. We, mm. we have a solution, but they're not, they don't want us in that conversation because they don't. the gospel right. is too explicit. It's That's too right. uh, implicit. I suppose it's, I, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Mm-hmm. The problem is sin, and Jesus is the answer. He's the only answer. He's the only lasting remedy for this Gosh, and but they want to. It's just this is crazy to me. When I read this article, I'm just blown away. I don't even. I, I can't help. I know I don't know the intentions of the people's heart that that are involved in passing these laws. But do they really believe this is going to work? I have a hard time believing that. They, they're just. Uh, they're they're very interesting, good ideas that they believe that they're going to have to see if they they pan out. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah, the, the um the the sad truth is that um you know, unless you say Jesus is a way, hmm. you're not going to get any federal dollars right to fund your programs and give you the staffing that you guys need to do um even better work because we say Jesus is the way, not right. a way, but right. the way. I appreciate you guys doing that. And I want to encourage listeners and viewers to support you guys and other programs on our website, uh, the addiction connection, because these guys are out there uh, pointing people to Jesus Christ. The only solution as, as CJ said, uh, and they're doing it without federal and state tax dollars, but they're dependent on the Lord and God's providing. And, um, but it's always nice to have additional funding so that you can do more and, and really help the people you serve. And so I can make that plea for you guys, you know, better than maybe uh, right you, now we you, don't want right now. We don't want their money though. Cause then they'll tell us what we can and can't do. No. Right. Yeah. I don't mean, I mean, donor money don't, you know, people supporting you. Right. You yeah. Know. We want that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anybody that heard that uh, donors, I do. We, we would appreciate your money. So don't send it to CJ. They don't <laughs> want it. So. Right. You can send it to freedomfarmministries.org. <laughs> yeah. See, and there went the twin brother analogy right there. Or maybe maybe it's like Cain and Abel. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> My, whose offering is going to be accepted? Yeah. <laughs> Do we even really need to ask that question? <laughs> oh. oh, boy. This is good. Hey, earlier I stumbled through it, but I, f- I finally figured it out. Union Gospel Mission in Oregon is a program, and it has three CABC guys. So Stephen Hill, uh, I mentioned Roy Morris, and then uh, who was the other? The first one I mentioned, why can't I think of his name? Boy, I'm getting old. Brock Patterson. Those are three wonderful guys. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to meet them yet. They haven't been able to attend the summit, 
which I'm really excited about the summit this year. It's going to be great. I can't wait to talk about it more, but, uh, but they weren't able to come because of COVID issues and all that. Uh, but these are three guys that are serving Jesus. They're on our map as counselors. And so you can uh, find out if you're in Oregon and you're wondering, where do I go for help? That's why we're doing this map to point people there. And, and those guys are wonderful, solid, yeah. solid dudes. Have I'd you guys for, got- yeah, for people in that Oregon area, yes. they're listening. It would be there or even Washington, which is a little bit of a jaunt, but Damascus yeah. house is yeah. another place, right? And Salem, Oregon is just south of Portland, but then you've got Damascus House up in Washington and Bothell, Washington, and they do great work. So um, so this is a, a West Coast problem that's going to come our way at some point <laughs> with, with more wonderful legislation and, and ideas from governing officials who are simply keeping their jobs and keeping things going and not really solving real problems for us, but spending real money. That's for sure. Taxpayer money, like Jim said. And, uh, and we don't want to rant on that, but I, uh, the point of this is we want to see people come to know Jesus Christ because we do believe God uh, is near to the brokenhearted. And, and so I appreciate what you guys, both of you guys do. Um, I'm doing counseling. I'm not doing residential ministry, but counseling people who are addicted and, um, they well, you're equipping, you're helping equip people that are doing residential ministry. Well, I'm doing that too, but it's, uh, it, it's fun to help people, but, but they also need some discipline and consequences in those things. And that's what a residential program does. That's what you guys do is you build in the, the programming for people so that they can get the help they need and, and begin living a, a, a life devoted to Jesus Christ you know, and it's great to be a disciple of Christ because he's disciplining us, helping us to follow him in the way that he wants to be worshiped. And then he uses us in ministry to help other people. Uh, nothing better than, than that for believers to be used by God is, is awesome. So thank you guys. Well, we're going to wrap up this podcast and uh, we will do this again. So I want to tell everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you guys, Jim and, and CJ for being here and take care and God bless. God bless. God bless. I didn't even do the awkward wave. You did, Jim. <laughs> hey, you could go. <laughs> no, and no mullet talk. No mullet talk. I didn't do it. I told, we talked about it at the beginning. I'm not going to do it. Gonna alienate everyone in the southeast. Hey, most people are probably like, "What is he even talking about?" I've never seen hey. Jim quickly with a pole. I know. I know. That's the best.